What's up, beautiful people, to another episode of Pursuit of Destiny Podcast. It's me, Ricky Jones Jr., back again for another episode or another video if you are watching on YouTube, which either place you're watching, if you're on YouTube, please go ahead and click that subscribe button. We would greatly appreciate it as we are striving to achieve a thousand subscribers by the end of 2022. And so even if you're listening on this podcast, you can go over to YouTube and find us at Pursuit of Destiny uh, TV and you'll see this there you can go ahead and click that subscribe button but if you're listening on the podcast if you would click that follow button we would greatly appreciate that as well so that we can just grow this community grow together learn from each other and be able to you know talk right because i think once you connect with people you're more apt to communicate and talk with them it won't just be me talking but it'll be you there talking as well but even in this here podcast episode what i wanted to do is just talk and share my story largely because i'm in a different program i'm in a program right and so in the program is talking about sharing your story so that not only do you know and can connect with those in which you connect with but you get a chance to just share your story and be able to help people in your story be able to grow to the point in which they want to be and so if I was to like give like three points of my story I would say that I lived a good life right growing up with my parents um, even with that life I lived a life in which I strive where I was striving to please my parents right because I knew, right? That was that was a part of living a good life is making sure my parents were pleased with me. And then the third part is there was a shift, right? In which I shift from pleasing my parents to pleasing God, right? And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna share that. I'm gonna share it. This is my first time sharing stories. Let's go for it. And it starts back. I was born in Augusta, Georgia, right? If you wanna get specific, but more than anything, I was raised as the only child in my parents' home. My father had a daughter prior to my mother and father getting married, in which She's still in my life. However, like I said, growing up, it was predominantly me. And so I had the honor and privilege of being the only child. And, you know, you know, say what you want to say about the only child. It is what it is. But I have fun and I enjoyed it, <laughs> as you would suspect we would. But even with that, right, we didn't want for anything. We lived a great life, very comfortable. I was able to get the different things that I wanted to get, um, have what I wanted to have. I had all the different snacks that I wanted, had all the video games that I wanted as well. And so those things weren't a problem in my life. And if if I could just put a little caveat right there, that alone, just that good life that I lived in large part kind of kept me from telling my story because all the different inspirational stories that I would hear by and from speakers and motivators and different coaches and things like that, they all had like rough backgrounds, right? They had crack addict parents and single moms and living homeless and things like that. Like I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have that, but I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going because now I'm sharing my story, right? I'm getting comfortable in doing so along this journey, but more than anything, we live good. We live a great life. Um, but even in that life, in that good life, uh, my mother, uh, was a, a military. She was a lieutenant colonel, retired lieutenant colonel. Shouts out to your mom. I love you greatly. Uh, my dad, preacher, since I was a young, young boy, young boy, young child, preacher. And so, I mean, he, he'll preach you happy. He'll close you happy and it'll be a great message in between. And so like, that was my upbringing. So needless to say, we was dressed right dress. We was clean. We was fitted. Um, but then also we were under the eyes of members at the church, right? Which is rightfully so. They want to make sure that the preachers are living a good life and uh, the family is too, because not all preachers have good reps. But my dad, I'm so honored and privileged that my dad kept a good rep. 
um, and a good name for himself because that allowed for me different doors to be open and things like that. But in it all, like I said, there was a period in life where I lived life to please them, which, you know, it was fun. I honestly say it was fun because it kept me in line. There were many opportunities to join gangs and different things like that that I was presented with that I just didn't do. Why? Because I knew that wouldn't fly in my home. I, I couldn't come in the house and say I joined a gang because then I don't even know. I don't even know. And I didn't even allow for my parents to even have that thought. So when opportunities present itself, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'll be friends with you all, which I happen to have quite a few friends that had joined gangs and that's just what it was. Um, but more than anything, they knew that wasn't my thing and that was their thing, but we still going to be friends. So we, you know, it was, it was what it was, but outside of that, <laughs> oh, it's funny just to even think about my story. Right. But even outside of that, there was a moment in time where I was in third grade. I never forget, um, different awards were being handed out. And so the reward I was given was being the class clown, which I was, quite honored to receive the reward because obviously I felt like I did what was necessary far above my other classmates that did not receive the reward. So of course, here I am happy about the award. Just make sure it was all nicely folded in my book bag, took that bad boy home. And the first person I saw at the time was my mother. I showed her, presented her my certificate, my award in which she was furious like it was not the reaction uh that i was expecting or thought would take place and she was livid like ricky why did you bring home this award i was like what do you i mean this is the this is an award like other people got different awards i didn't get straight a's um than the other ones but i did get this one right and i did get perfect attendance i was serious about perfect attendance <laughs> but nonetheless i brought that one home and she was livid she told me don't ever bring home the class con award she was gonna make sure she went and talked to my my teacher about making sure I did not get that award and making sure such activities were not progressively taking place. But nonetheless, it was it was fun. It was fun. But that's just to even give you a background of who I am. I love having fun. I love entertaining. I love just meeting new people and making new friends, right? And I feel like I don't meet a stranger. If we have two minutes of a conversation, it's going to be fun. It's going to be beneficial unless I don't want to talk, which is probably when I'm sleepy. But outside of that, you know, I grew up and I did life. I had fun. I did what was necessary. Uh, and I, I did what was necessary to get by. My parents wanted A's and B's. So, I mean, I, I got them more B's and A's, but I was able to finish school well and uh, graduated high school, went off to college. Why? Because I felt like that's what you do. I didn't have a plan, but I knew people went to college. I knew we started talking about college randomly in my senior year. And I was like, sure. Like, yeah, I found a college. And I only found this college because a person in one of my typing classes, I love typing class, but more than anything, she was talking to me about this uh, school, Valdosta State. And I was like, oh, it looks cool. It's like Florida, but it was in Georgia. So it was like in-state fees. <laughs> so I went to Valdosta, went to orientation, loved it, joined the school, went to the school, had fun. But I was having too much fun that schools and academic wasn't a thing. And so there was a moment in my life where I had to make a shift. I had to make a change. I was pursuing um, joining a Greek fraternity, which I, I won't say which one, uh, but I was pursuing that in which that was teeter-tottering on and off and it just wasn't consistent enough and nor was it what I expected it to be honestly uh, like I said I grew up as the only child in my home and so I was looking for that brotherhood I was looking for that camaraderie yes I had that with friends but I felt like you know the Greek 
fraternity was going to allow for a closer bond in which, you know, it had elements of it. But as I started getting more and more in and I realized it wasn't all what I expected it to be. Um, but more than anything, I realized I need to leave. I need to leave. I need to move because I want it different. I want it more. I started praying more. I was like, God, like, this is not it. What do I need to do? And oddly enough, like, even with that uh, opportunity came because my neighbor at the time, I was living in an apartment, on-campus apartment, and my neighbor across the hall came over and was telling me how she was looking at going to LSU because she wanted to go to law school there. And I was like, oh, LSU? Like, I heard about it playing football and stuff like that. Well, not me playing football, but I heard about it on TV, right? ESPN, them playing football. And I was like, oh, let me look at it. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, okay, this is a cool-looking school. So I felt like at that moment, that's the school that I needed to go to. Like, that was the answer that I was looking for. And so I called my parents. I was like, mom, dad, really, I called my mom. Uh, mom, like, hey, um, I want to shift schools. Like, I, I want to go to another school because this school isn't cutting it for me. I know I need to do better. I know I need to be better, do better. And I feel like better is there for me at LSU, right? So here we are. My parents was like, okay, well, let's look at it. So I applied and I got the opportunity to go for orientation and on the ride to LSU is a moment in which I will never forget. So again, just keep in mind, like, hey, I lived the life being pleasing to my parents and making sure everything was dressed right dress. I was out there back then. I was double to double in college, right? I was smoking, uh, but I always had enough sense not to smoke too much because I knew that if, you know, if the the uh, smoking papers, right, was getting too close, it could burn my lips and I want my lips to get black because if my lips got black, they would know back at home that I was smoking. And I still had to go to my, you know, family church and it's just it's just certain things you just don't do. Right. And the life that I was living in college was totally different than the life that they thought I was living when I went back home. Like I went back home. I was in my suit with my tie. I was looking very presentable. But when I drove back down to Valosta, it was reckless. But nonetheless, that's just what it was. Right. I was I was living a dual life because I wasn't living my true life. And so I was still figuring out. I was still finding out. And that's what it looked like at the time. And I thought I was living life. I really did. I, I really did. I really did. But nonetheless, on the ride to Vadasta, excuse me, on the way to LSU, um, riding the car. My dad was driving. My mom was in the back seat and I was in the passenger side and we were listening to uh, Michael Jackson. I'll be there. That was the song. Yo, I'll be there. And uh, I just started crying, right? I was crying and it was just emotional. And I largely because God was talking to me and God was saying, this is about to be the shift that you needed. This is about to start and propel you in the life that I want you to live. And you're getting closer and you'll be able to fulfill your purpose. And it was, he was just talking to me. And I was at a low. I was honestly at a low point in life at that moment. And hearing those words from God just touched me in an oh so special way because prior to that like I might have heard from God before but at that moment I knew it was God and I knew a shift was about to take place and so I'm crying right and here my mom is in the back seat thinking like I'm crying because I'm about to leave a girl that I was dating back at Vadasta potentially as I go to LSU and she was like it's gonna be okay baby it's gonna be okay and she was trying to console me in that manner which I had to tell her mom no no mom mom that's not what it was that's not what it is this is what happened boom 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 xyz and so they were like oh okay 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 so so, you know, we had a moment, but then everything took off. It took off in a grand way. When I was at LSU, we went to orientation, joined the school, all that good stuff. 
went into the dorms. You had to do be you had to go into a dorm like your first semester. I had to do it like freshman dorm, which was an experience of itself. Um, long story short, right? Like I said, I was smoking there, but when I went to LSU, God was like, "Don't smoke again, or the police are gonna come." Long story short, I was cramming for a test and I was staying up, staying up, drinking five hour energies. Those are like popping back then. Maybe still now. I don't know. I'm not in college, but I stayed up for a math test and uh, staying up to them. And my roommate at the time, he was a heavy smoker. And I was like, oh, why? Why is my roommate a smoker when I know I need to not smoke? Right. Why? Why? God told me to smoke. So he would always ask, you want to smoke? No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. I don't smoke. This time, I was like, yes, like I, I need something to help me go to sleep. And so not just being weak, being vulnerable, I go out to smoke and then we come back and then I go to the room to lay down and I'm like, oh, finally made a peaceful place. My roommate leaves and it was like perfect sleep for me. Next thing I knew, I heard bang, bang, bang. Like I'm getting chills right now just even thinking about it because that was the first time that type of experience had taken place in my life before. And uh, I think you know it's a dream like whatever like it's a dream or it's my friends or excuse me my my roommate's friends I really didn't have friends I was new to the school and so I was like you know whatever it's gonna stop it's gonna stop but then it kept going boom 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 open the door and I was like oh my gosh god are those the police and I'm just sitting there thinking maybe they're gonna leave maybe they're gonna leave if I don't say anything if I don't move but they bang loud and they start tussling at the at the uh doorknob and I was like oh oh uh hello and they were they acknowledged who they were told me to open the door I looked through the peephole and I kid you not I don't know maybe the peephole just people look bigger through the peephole but (laughs) more than anything like they look huge like giants and so I'm looking through the peephole it had to be at least six police officers I don't know why it's at a freshman dorm but six police officers on the other end and well i know why it was god but i opened the door and they're like hey we were told that there was some uh smoking going on in these dormitories um have you are you all smoking in here and me being me right i'm I'm on the upside of life living the good life enjoying the church and everything i said yeah i i did smoke i smoked outside with my roommate snitching didn't even think about that but i was like yeah we did but you know we didn't smoke in here and you know they were like oh oh well we're gonna church search your room to see if there's any marijuana in this room and i was like i mean i don't i don't know if there is it's my roommates i mean i smoked with him come on like well i i was high what was i thinking right of course of course he's gonna say it was his roommates like i mean duh but nonetheless it was an honest truth but that was the first time in which i experienced the whole experience of being ransacked by police officers in which they came in and just demolished the room i feel like they did more to my stuff than my roommates but more than anything they flipped my bed i was um, i still am very meticulous about my clothing and my shoes i keep my shoes in the shoe boxes they went through all of my shoe boxes just left the shoes out did not put a single shoe back the audacity but anyway they went through all of that we're asking me all these kind of questions why do you have so many shoes why do you have so many clothes like what do you do yada 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 so forth so on i'm asking all these questions and uh man i was like saved by an angel because there was a advisor that my family and i came in contact with when we visited the school and i would do interactions with her and things like that in her um office I would, she would just check on me and i would go 
you know, check in with her because she knew I was new to the area, didn't know anybody. So very loving lady. And I noticed a picture in her office that was of an officer that was there. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So the guy somehow, some way comes out of the dorm and just standing by me. And I said, hey, sir, like I recognize your photo. I know you don't know me, but I recognize you from a photo. And I stated the woman's name in which I saw his photo in. And he looked like, yeah, I mean, I know her like, but what are you doing right now? And I was like, sir, if you call her, she will tell you the stand up guy that I am. Yes, I did this this time, but this is not who I am. This is not what I do. And she could vouch for me. Right. And so he looked at me. We locked eyes and he did what he did. And it stopped because they didn't find anything. Thankfully. Right. Thankfully. My roommate. LSU, you know who you are. I look the same. Thank you for not having more in the room, like, or taking it with you, whatever it was. But they didn't find anything, and um, I was I was on probation for a year on campus. It was not like down at the precinct in Baton Rouge, but it was in the at the school. The school um, had its own police and so I was on probation within the school which meant if I did anything else it was going to be a situation I honestly wasn't going to do anything else especially after that God had already said not to do it but then I did it and then I saw the result immediately so I was scud right I was not doing that again but all that to say that I got stuck on that part but in it all like I said life did get better I joined a church I started um, going to a church faithfully I started preaching there uh, sharing God's word and then even from there I started doing different things uh, leading different ministries, meeting great people, going to different conventions. We start traveling um, with the pastor and myself and two other young ministers, man. Great guys. I still talk with one more more than the others, but more than anything great, man, I would believe that I can call either one of them anytime and, you know, would catch up like nothing ever happened in between. But life went from there. But then from there, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So I started doing ROTC while I was at LSU, it was the Air Force ROTC, met some great people and realized I wanted to be a chaplain, largely because on one trip home, I was just praying like, God, what do you want me to do? What is my purpose? Like, this is fun. Um, do you want me to stay in Baton Rouge or should I come back to Atlanta? Because at that time, my dad was pastoring. And so my thought was, OK, I'm going to join with him and pastoring and help lead the church right and just have fun doing that because i mean it is fun it's fun having fun with my dad living life with my dad we have great times together um you know now that i'm an adult it's a different life when i was a child it was it was like dad like man he's rough he's tough like man he's mean but now as an adult it's cool right we laugh we joke there's respect there um so nonetheless i was praying like god what, what do you want me to do and god was like i want you to travel teaching and sharing my love and that's extensively what he said so i was like all right so you know i could be a military chaplain because my mom was in the military my dad was in the military i have a lot of aunts and uncles in the military, officers and things like that so i was like okay the military is where i'm gonna go so i said i was gonna be a chaplain them, then I found out that in order to be a chaplain in the military, you have to have your master's degree. And so I had to go to further schooling. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to just do this back in Atlanta. And so things could be simpler for me and I could just live life that way, help my dad and work along with my dad during the process. Boom, shagalaga, plan set. So graduated from LSU, had a great time at the church, said my goodbyes. They gave me a nice party, farewell party. It was so great. Great people. Um, I definitely need to go back this year. I will go back this year and just, you know, 
commune with the people and things like that. But in and all, came back, started school at Mercer University where I did get my master's there. But upon my first semester there, I, um, well, long story short, I was going to another school. I'm not going to say the name because I was in a library, in the library one day and overheard a conversation, which I'm very much so like, not a nosy person, but this time it just was alerted, but obviously it was God. And I was, they were having a conversation about the school losing their accreditation the next semester. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't be going here knowing that I have to have an accredited degree in order to be into the military. So I was like, I need to transfer. So at that moment I started, which was rare because that was probably the second time I went into the library in that summer semester. And so I started at that point looking up different schools in Atlanta that I can go to that was also accredited and things like that came up on Mercer and then boom I started Mercer in August I had started that other school in May did two classes for the summer transferred to Mercer and then started school in August August I met my wife Crystal right and then we were engaged by December and then we were married in June right so wait yep June June, yep, June, June 6th. And so it was just boom, 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 right? And that was the fast track of what took place there. We got married. We started living life together. She stopped going to school because she was like, I got my diploma. I got my, what? I didn't get my diploma. I got the paper that I wanted, which was marriage. But I was like, cool, babe, you know, do what you do. And uh, we started living life. And what we did when we first got married, I think we were married in June. And by either July or August, we were on a missions trip. And so we had the opportunity to go to Aruba, was our first mission trip where we have the ability to share God's love as well as teach God's word. She taught and I was able to be the loving husband that I am and the loving man that I am. And so that was like awesome. And then from there, we started going to the Bahamas on a regular. Then we went to London. Then we went to uh, the United Kingdom. Then we went to South Africa, Port Elizabeth. Yeah, Port Elizabeth, South Africa. Then we've gone also to Kenya on several occasions. And I mean, we've just been having fun doing just that and so now you know where I am like I said I started living well started off living well great household then I was living life to please my parents because I wanted to make sure they were I don't know like I don't even know the pressure that kids take on but you know living in a two-parent household is great great it was fun uh also I guess in the circumstances that we were, I was brought up in, I felt the pressure to make sure that they were viewed in the right way. And I believe they were viewed in the right way if I conducted myself in a certain way. And so I did that. But like I said, it was all great because it kept me along a good path. I could have gone many different ways, but I stayed along the right path because of the bumper guards of my mom and my dad being viewed in the great light, right? But even beyond that, then I made a shift. I made a shift once I was in my master's or even undergrad. I would even say when I went to LSU, I started living for God. God, what do you want me to do? God, what did you birth me to do? God, what was I born to do? And I started living life through that. And then it just, it accelerated from there. And here I am today, right? All that to say, here I am today. We've been now married, gone on eight years now this year. Um, 2022 is this year. And I mean, I've been having fun. I've been having fun doing different things, trying different things. We've started and closed various businesses, just doing and trying the different things that we believe that we should be doing. And so now what are we doing? Like I'm gardening, have a gardening business, have a gardening YouTube channel, have this podcast, looking to do speaking engagements, looking to do motivational speaking, encouragement and things like that. Also helping businesses start up, but not only start up, but thrive in the area and in the 
sphere in which they want to operate in. I talked to you already about the Destiny Center that I foresee, you know, in line with Pursuit of Destiny. That's our, our, our brand. That's our company. Um, but even seeing the Destiny Center, which is like a co-working space with so many different nuances that, you know, it would, it would take a whole video to talk about the nuances within it. Um, but even to like in it all, my desire, like I said, is just to show people how you can make that shift. You can make that shift from living life to please and appeal others to living life that is purposeful to you. We all were born and birthed here to do a certain thing and do a specific thing and to do it well. We do it well because that's why we're here. We do it well because that's our part in this total world. So many people, but that's our part to play. And so, hey, you can make that shift. You can make that leap. You can start doing what it is that you were born to do, what you desire to do, what you're passionate to do. And the people that you have lived for will support you. My parents have supported me even through the various things that I've been going through, the various things that I've tried, the various things that initially they didn't agree with, but then I pursued it. I continued with it because it was something that I truly believed and felt that it should be. And then they came, they came along. They saw, oh man, he, he's actually serious. It's something about being focused and being serious about a thing that will allow for others to be focused and serious and, you know, they'll applaud you at the end of the day and support you as well. But in it all, I'm here for you all. I'm here for those people. I'm here for those people that's in the gap. I'm here for the people that want to do more, know that there's more, but haven't taken that step because you still may be in that in-between gray phase, okay? And so I'm here for you. That's what, that's my desire, right? That's my story. That's who I am. Um, and I'm, I'm nothing more, nothing less than a vessel um, being used and empowered by God to share his love, um, to give insight, to give wisdom, but more than anything, to give you clarity because there is clarity in the midst of the storm. There's clarity in the midst of the things that you're dealing with, clarity in the midst of the things that you're going through and going with. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here to speak that light. I'm here to speak that life. I'm here to speak that joy and to give you the peace necessary to propel you to the future that you will purpose to pursue. So with that being said, great people, man, that's my story. You all pulled it out of me. Uh, I probably have to run through that a couple times before I get, you know, comfortable with telling certain parts. But yeah, man, if you would, if you could go ahead and smash that like button, click that subscribe button. If you haven't already done so, follow if you're listening on the various podcast platforms. But more than anything, I thank you all for connecting with me. Um, as you now know, the authentic Reiki right from little baby phase in Augusta, Georgia to current phase and uh, doing the podcast, doing the gardening videos and, uh, you know, support my lovely wife and all the various things that she's doing. So with that being said, great people, I love you all. I appreciate you all. I feel like, you know, you know how like you finish a speech or you finish like sharing something or talking about something that you've been thinking about for so long and it's like, whew, finally did it. That was this is the feeling that I have. And I, I appreciate you all for being able to share it with you all. But with that being said, great people, I love you. I appreciate you. And I will see you on the next video. Peace.